Hey, thanks for checking out the Blake Benz podcast. Today's episode is with a good friend of mine. His name's Brian Sexton. He has a hashtag on LinkedIn that's people buy from people. And man, isn't that the truth? The people who treat you like an actual human being, they're the ones that you like being around, that you like spending time with, that you like even buying from and being their customer. When it comes to growing and scaling a business, I think this is a crucial concept Check out this episode. I think you're going to feel encouraged. I think you're going to enjoy it. As always, feel free to share the podcast with your friends, to leave a review, to subscribe to it, what have you. Enjoy this awesome episode, and I will catch you later. Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Blake Benz Podcast. I am sitting down with the man, Brian Sexton. We met all the way over on LinkedIn. He is a field reimbursement and access specialist, but I think more important than job descriptions, this guy is awesome. He's posting every day on LinkedIn, 60 Seconds with Brian Sexton. He also has a radio show host, just got off, I think it was three hours on the radio. Is that right, Brian? Yeah, yeah. So I have a good friend. Blake, first of all, thank you for the time this this today in, in talking with you. And uh, I look forward to our conversation. So yeah, I have a good friend of mine, Tom Roten, who hosts a morning show in the Huntington, West Virginia market. And when he decides to take vacation time, I, I, I step in the guest chair and and, uh, you know, try to uh, scratch an itch that I didn't want to do professionally. <laughs> I get to do that a little bit personally. So it's a lot of fun. But thank you for having me. What an honor to be on your podcast this morning. Of course, of course. Well, you know, we have a mutual connection. And I feel like I say her name often because I have many mutual connections through her. Kristen yeah. Sherry, who told me she was like, Brian has to get on the podcast. Yeah. Uh, started watching some of your content on LinkedIn. And I was like, man, I really like this guy. Love how authentic you. you are. I Man, I love your hashtag under your title, people buy from people. Wow, that is so true. Thank you. That was something my dad told me 25 years ago. My dad passed away in December of 2012 pretty suddenly. But uh, part of the reason that I want to get keep this hashtag trending, Blake, is, is to carry on the legacy of my dad. Uh, my dad told me I got my first real job. So I was in college, I worked in a grocery store and I worked part-time for a newspaper in the sports department. But my first real job was in sales back in July of 1995. And my dad told me, he said, son, never forget, people buy from people. So the reason that I'm, I, I use that hashtag and, and it's also the title of my book that's coming out in early 2020, I'm, I'm putting the finishing touches on it. But it's what my dad told me, he said, never forget, son, people buy from people. And so it's... For me, Blake, it's a legacy thing with with my dad to keep that that best piece of advice I ever got alive through through the hashtag people buy from people. What's the book called, by the way? People buy from people. <laughs> Where's it going to be? I, I, well, I'm still I'm, I'm still <laughs> kind of refining a a a subtitle, if you will. I, I think I if it. A, a working subtitle it would be. Um, you know, 10 traits that, that are successful in not only life, but in business. Um, you know, Blake, the, the, the beautiful thing, you mentioned connection, and I love that you talked about connection. And, and it's something I talked with Tom Ziegler about this morning. I had Tom on 
uh, for the seven o'clock hour of the Tom Roten morning show that I did. And we talked about, you know, as, as um, all the ways we have to connect, right? We have te- texting and, and tweeting and LinkedIn and, and all the different things to connect. We're all so busy that we sometimes fail to really reach out to people mm-hmm. and connect with them in ways that we should. You know, old school when I was growing up, and I'll be, I'll be 48 next year, so old school growing up for me was – was picking up a, a, a touchtone phone or dialing. I'm old enough to remember a rotary telephone, and and you would you would dial long distance, and it was expensive. So you had to make those moments count, or you sent a card or a letter. And so nowadays we have all these different ways of connecting with people, but yet sometimes I find myself a little lax at times in really reaching out and connecting with people to tell them how important they are to me in my life. Mm, yeah, it's almost like. It's almost like people are so accessible now that we almost take, we don't, we kind of take it for granted, I guess. Yeah. Well, the way you and I are, are, are connecting this morning uh, via, via video chat, you know, it, it, I, and that's when I'm traveling, that's how I connect with my family. I use a Duo app on my phone. You know, we have FaceTime with Apple products and things like that. But sometimes we can still miss that connection, you know, miss that connecting point. And, and that is really important to me. And that's what I try to do with the 60 seconds with Sexton is just to connect on a thought that's on my mind for about a minute and just try to share with people. I'm not looking to, I'm not looking to get rich. I don't have anything to sell. I just want to try to add some value to somebody's day. And I think what's so valuable about you saying that is there's, you know, it's like, especially like even on LinkedIn, you have like the band of people who say that, who yeah. really mean it. And like, and like I said, I actually, I, I've been seeing, you know, how the algorithm works, your 60 seconds pops up for me now and I watch it and I'm like, man, this guy, there's not any fluff in it. It's not inauthentic. It's really uh, personable and you get right to the chase. You have this other group of people who say things like, Hey, I just want to add value. Yeah. Really it's, it's what you say before you sell someone. And it's interesting to me how people they, they miss it almost. They miss it. Yeah. There's like this disconnect between because they find themselves thinking, you know, why is my business not working? Why can't I get more yeah. customers? Yeah. And they're, they're totally, they're missing that point of people buy from people, I think. Well, it's connection, first of all. And, I, and I've said this quite a bit on LinkedIn, you know, you have to connect before you can sell. So, you know, think about making a large purchase and, and I'll use buying a car for an ex- for example. You know, when you walk on the car lot, and this is why a lot of people have shifted their purchasing when, when you're talking about buying a car, they've shifted their purchasing away from actually walking on the lot and looking and test driving. Now they do a lot of that pre-research online because for a lot of years when you've gone to buy a vehicle, the first thing that happens is when you walk on the lot, there's a salesman there ready to almost ready to pounce, if you will. And I'm not disparaging car salespeople, don't get me wrong, but you have to connect with that buyer so that you can understand what that buyer is looking for. And that buyer will make a judgment in you in about 30 to 45 seconds, whether or not they like you. You know, how did you approach me? Were you, were you genuinely, did you greet me with a smile? Did you introduce yourself? Did you did you do some basic human interaction things to make sure that we connected? And, and I, I made this point last week. I, I don't care, you know, how you, you go about it. 
you have to connect first because if I don't like you, why would I buy from you? Mm-hmm. If, I, if I didn't want to have a cup of coffee with you, Blake, why would I want to spend money with you? Mm-hmm. So connection to me is so very important because I think a lot of times we just want to get right to the chase and let me find out what they need. Let me find out what they're all about, find out what they want. Well, let's just find out if we're compatible. Mm-hmm. You know, let's just find out if we have a connection there. And if there's there's common ground for us to continue building toward a positive conversation. Well, you know, and it feels like sometimes we get too we get too um it's like too academic in the sale in the selling process. Or like we're too, you know, it's like solving calculus and it's like say this and like do this. Yeah. And like I, I remember there was a guy I was sitting down with and he said um he was talking about selling a twelve a month contract and there were limited, yeah. it was like an advertising deal. And he was like, okay, you want to say at this point, you want to say secure your spot. Don't say lock in your spot because that feels bad. Yeah. Say secure. Yeah. And I was listening thinking like, is this really what selling has come down to was like the linguistics of, you know, saying this at this time. And, and I get that people have, have gotten that academic and it's been working for them, but it feels like almost sometimes we lose the humanity of and that's why I love your your hashtag so much because it's like there's there's a human element of selling, which is there's me who's offering something that I really believe can help you, and there's you yeah. who I really want to make sure that I know, understand, and actually can provide what you need. Otherwise, I need to get myself out of the way, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. And you know what, I'm Blake. I'm very intentional about using people's names. I'll use your name quite a bit throughout the podcast because. Dale Carnegie said this years ago, the sweetest sound to a person's ears are the sound of their own name. And, and you know, when you have those people like that, and, and I've, I've made a comment on another post on LinkedIn, I use that quite a bit. They were the, the, the person posting was talking about getting past the gatekeeper. And we've all been there in sales, right? We get, you have that person that you're either on the phone talking with them or you're in person with them. I'm very intentional. If I see a name tag, on someone, if I go to a restaurant or I go somewhere, I'm very intentional about picking up that person's name. Um, and I'll share this with you in, in, uh, I do some, you know, I do some flying and when I go to, uh, you know, if I'm in Philadelphia or I'm in Charlotte or somewhere, I I'm not real familiar with the city. That gate agent is a lot of times a gatekeeper and, and they can help you get on the plane a little bit faster or, or, or what have you. I'm very intentional when I check in and I lay my phone down to, to scan my boarding pass. I'm very intentional about looking them in the eye and saying, hey, John, thank you so much. I hope you have a good day. Now, I'll tell you a little secret just between you and I here on the podcast. I don't board with my gate. I board a little bit early because I just, I, I act like I've been there. And then I'll use that person's name and I'll say, hey, John, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Have a good day. And he usually says, hey, Mr. Sexton, have a good day. They don't check my group number if I'm boarding with the right group. He's interested in the fact that I called him by name. I asked, told him to have a nice day. I got what I wanted out of the transaction and so did he. You know, And so I'm very intentional about using per- people's names because I think what it does it, it just creates that more instant rapport, number one, rapport with that person, number one. And number two, it, it, it breaks down some barriers. Mm. When, because the, you think about it this way, Blake, the first thing that people are conditioned to do in the selling process, especially if it's somebody they don't know, 
the first thing they're conditioned to do in the selling process is put their hands up and create that natural defense barrier. Well, if I, if I introduce myself and I say, hey, Blake, I'm Brian Sexton. It's nice to meet you. And then in the first 30 seconds, I turn around and use your name again. Those barriers start to come down a little bit because now they're like, wait a minute. He used my name. Makes me feel important. And a lot of times, Blake, right across the top of our forehead, when we enter a selling transaction with somebody right across the top of our forehead here, we have a little invisible acronym and it's make me feel important. You don't see it. You don't see it across the top of my forehead, but it's there when you and I are having a conversation, make me feel important. And when you use someone's name, and that's why I'm very intentional about it, is it makes them feel important. Mm. Makes them feel like, oh, wow, he took time to call me by name. What a novel concept, right? <laughs> well, you know, it's so funny how... Um First of all, man, I love how like some of the most compelling truths, especially to running a business, are just so simple and human, right? Yeah. Like like calling someone by their name. I mean, anyone can do that. That's a right? great it's, point, Blake. It's it's like someone says, "Well, I don't know if I can be a good salesperson." Well, well can you can you treat someone else like a human being? Like, can you listen to mm-hmm. them? I mean, these are things mm-hmm. that are are intrinsic to us at a very young age, right? And I love that yep. you mentioned Dale Carnegie. Is that from How to Win Friends and Influence People? I think it is. Or I, I think I, I, I took a Carnegie course several years ago. Okay, cool. The company I was working for offered it, and, and um, I was able to take that course. And I think I remember that in the training. I had to Google it. That Google <laughs> I wish I'd had that in college, right? You yeah, know, yeah. I, I might have gotten better grades at, at Marshall when I was there, but... Uh, Google's a great thing. And I, I thought about that quote for a minute and I thought, I, I, I remember hearing that quote, but I wonder who said it. And it was Dale Carnegie. And, and a lot of people don't know, but Dale Carnegie has a fascinating story. This guy basically educated himself. He worked his way up from very, very humble beginnings with, with very few advantages in life. And he just rose to now, how do friends and influence people? If I remember this correctly, I'll have to Google it. Dale Carnegie, I believe, passed away almost 100 years ago. And Mm. you think about that. We're still talking about this man. Mm. And he wasn't a president. He wasn't a historical figure. He wasn't a a political leader. He wasn't a sports figure like a Babe Ruth or a Lou Gehrig or Jim Thorpe, somebody like that. But we're talking about this man decades after his death because of some of the fundamental truths, like you just mentioned, Blake, that are still very much as powerful today as they were in his generation. You know, what's really funny that I'm thinking about is, let me unpack a couple things real quick. Yeah, absolutely. First of all, man, I love- Hey, it's uh, your podcast. You unpack as much (laughs) stuff as you want to unpack. I I can listen to you all day. I'm just like, man, yeah, this guy is phenomenal. Uh, I love what you said about the name piece. You know, I think you're so right. There's power in saying someone's name. I actually did pick up on it. You said it a couple of times and I, you know, I kind of felt like a little perking up, you know, I was like, oh, this is nice, you know, hearing my name, right? But it's so true, right? And when you, when you use someone's name, you're almost, you're, again, you're humanizing them, but you're telling them they have an importance that you're willing to, you're willing to notice, right? It's like, it's like the server who, who is serving you at the restaurant. 
you know, when they actually have the name tag or you ask them their name, I think mm-hmm. it goes a little bit, it, it helps that person know that they're valued, right? Mm-hmm. The other piece of that that I think is really funny to me is listening to you reminded me of at my previous country, uh, country, previous company, we had this contract. Welcome with- to the United States, Blake. <laughs> it's so good to have you here. Yeah, thanks. Yeah. <laughs> we had this this previous client, which was uh, JB Hunt, which is this yep. Fortune 500, you know, six billion dollar trucking company. Yeah. So we were doing this this massive leadership overhaul, and what was really funny was one of the biggest pain points that came out that we changed from like a manager perspective is every driver is in their system by something called an alpha code, and this yep. is a it's a numerical code that identifies it's this employee. And so what was happening was a driver would be calling in because they're having a problem. Either the truck's not working, something's gone wrong, you know, the load isn't all there or something. So they're calling in. And so the manager is responding with, well, what's your alpha code? And would even like sometimes refer to that person by their alpha code. And so one of the pieces that changed in this big ordeal was, hey, we're not going to call them by their alpha code anymore. They, They have a name. We're going to yep. call them by their name. And it's well, because, you know, think about it. And I didn't mean to interrupt you, but think okay. about it. I spent some time in the heavy duty trucking industry um, with you know, we, the company I work for. Uh, we, we did starters and alternators for the heavy duty trucking industry. So think about that for a second. Because when the DOT would look at those logbooks, you know, because that's the reason, you know, a lot of people that use the, they use the alpha codes because they were electronically using those as logbooks. So when the DOT would pull those old logbooks, those old school, you know, you write it down on a piece of paper, hey, I went from here to here. Um, There was a person's name attached to it. And electronically, you know, when they had the electronic logbooks, you know, they were using these codes because it was easier to assign that person to a code. It's almost like with an employee, you, you have your own employee number and things like that. And it's just easier to assign you to a number. But to your point, it didn't make the drivers feel like that they were a part of the process, right? Mm-hmm. We're just a code. We're just a number. Mm-hmm. And you, you know, I, I, I so appreciate, I'm so glad you brought that, that piece to the conversation because in many companies, that's how they assign people by their number. And, and, and Kristen Sherry and I talked about this yesterday. We talked about value and things like that, you know. That's one of the things that makes people feel less valued in their company, right? They think they don't think they're a name or a face or an individual. They they they're they're a number. I'm just one of forty thousand. I'm just one of fifteen thousand, or or whatever the number is, whatever size company you're in. And and and, and employees have lost their identity. And to Kristen's point, they want to start recapturing that identity back. So I'm glad you brought that up, Blake. That's that's very insightful uh, for you to bring that up about putting names with people and faces and things like that. I, I, I try to remember as many names and faces as I can because I want to have instant recall when I, when I see that person again, I want to call them by name. You know, what's really funny though is, is and this, this is the other piece that's something I wanted to talk about is I was meeting with a, uh, She's like, she was an HR director basically, or like a vice president or something. And it's one of these Mm -hmm. larger companies, uh, not quite 40,000, but several thousand. And we were talking about a management problem she was having with 
uh, and, and, and you know this too. I think every person, yeah. it's very easy to see when there's a leadership problem. You know, it's not rocket science. It's, yep. you know, people are quitting in droves. Yep. It's very obviously, it's something at the top. So we're having this conversation. And so I'm kind of walking through some things that, that I've talked about before, some things that, some initiatives that I've led. And she stops me and says, hang on, hang on. This stuff, I've heard all of this stuff before. And it was stuff, it was basic stuff like, you know, valuing your people. Yep. Um, you know, how do you really, how do you really motivate people? How do you really reward people? How do you hold people accountable? Like all the basics in management. She says, I've heard all this before. Where's the new stuff? And I mm-hmm. said, okay, well, what do you mean by new stuff? And she goes, well, you know, what's, what's like the 2020 new leadership stuff? Because yeah. my managers have heard all this before. They need something new. And I said, well, I mean, we could, we could come up with something new just so that they've heard something new. But the problem is that your managers aren't, even the stuff they've heard before, the basics, they aren't even doing, right? And yeah. so I, I appreciate you pointing out even this simple concept of calling someone by their name because I think sometimes we get, and part of it's ego, sometimes we, we overthink this stuff you know, I, I know you saw the article I wrote yesterday and I kept using yep. this word. We keep over managing or overthinking, like, how do you value someone? You know, we don't need like a 12 week course on valuing people. You just need to value your people. You just need to say thank you. Right. And yeah, it's interesting how we've over, we've gotten way, even, even with selling that we talked about a minute ago, yeah. we've gotten way too academic with some of this stuff instead of just being normal <laughs> human yeah. pe- people and just doing it. Yeah, you know, Blake, the book of Ecclesiastes in the Bible says that there's nothing new under the sun. Right. <laughs> and, and, and so, you know, what, what we think, it's interesting that, that your, your client you were talking to said, well, what's the newest, what's the latest and greatest? Because our society nowadays is conditioned to want the newest and the latest and the greatest, you know. I, I can't ever remember a time, Blake, that I wanted to stand outside for hours to wait on a new cell phone. <laughs> I, what I a world, zero, man. <laughs> I, have a z- I have zero desire to do that. And, and it's funny, I'm thinking about that for a minute because, and, and, and I want to get your perspective on that because why is it that we live in a society that's so instantaneous that we have to have? Uh, information at our fingertips. We have to have all this stuff instantaneous. If we sit more than five minutes at Taco Bell, we are ready to just, we're ready. (laughs) We're going to lose it. Yeah. But yet, but yet when Apple releases a new iPhone, you've got people that will camp out the night before to get that iPhone. So I, I, to me, does it seem like there's, there's such a dichotomy there or disconnect that people want things so instantaneously at the snap of their fingers, but yet when something that's supposed to be revolutionary comes out, they'll just, they'll run and wait for it. They'll, they'll yeah. stand in line and wait for it. Yeah. Well, I mean, and, and I almost, I guess in my mind, they're almost not even opposites. It's, it's, they know they can't have it. And so they will get to as close as possible as having it as they can, you know, and so yeah. they camp out, they'll, they'll try to be the first customer or even, you know, it's interesting to me, even talking about like Tesla is another great example Yeah, you know, people who will put themselves on the wait list to get a model, model S, whatever the, the models are. We um, can't have Teslas in West Virginia. <laughs> There's a state law. This, this is no joke. This is absolutely, really? no joke. I didn't mean to interrupt you, but this is no joke. There is a state law 
that uh, that we can't have Teslas. They they wrote legislation in at, huh. at our state legislature. You have to have a physical dealership inside of the state, and it's locked out Tesla from this market. I, I was at a Tesla dealer in Tampa uh, last December, and I said, can I just sit in one of the Teslas? Because we're not allowed to have, he said, where were you from? And I said, I live in Barbersville, West Virginia. And he said, oh, yeah. You go ahead. Sit, just sit in one of the Teslas because that's <laughs> you'll get to one for a while. Can you? You can still own one, though, right? You just can't buy one? Well, you'd have to title it in another state. I mean, you oh, right. yeah. title the Tesla. But but to your point, I, and I think it's really insightful what you talked about there is, aren't we really talking about FOMO, the fear of missing out or, or, or not having mm. something somebody else has, right? And, you know, it, you, you talk about, well, I've got to have this because society tells me I have to have it. Your client probably thought, well, I have to have something latest and greatest because mm. somebody told me I needed the latest and greatest. And so I'm just actively searching mm. for the latest and greatest here. Well, I mean, and aren't we there as a society? Yeah. I mean, part of it, you know, keeping perspective, I mean, part of it, I'm sure, uh, you know, I'm sure she's getting, she's getting pressed by whoever's above her. Yeah. saying, well, I need the, the latest and greatest from you. And that person is totally disconnected. What I'm hearing you say, though, in terms of FOMO is it's, it's really the, um, the pain of comparison, right? And it, it's not That's hard. A great point. It, it's yeah. not hard to see why we're there. I mean, yeah. social media is so prevalent. I actually swore off social media probably eight or nine years yeah. ago. And I was like, I'll yeah. never use it. I hate it. It's so disingenuous. And it's really, it's a comparison fest. And I'm only yeah. on it begrudgingly now because I have to as a business owner, right? And so yeah. I, I think what's interesting is you have such a culture that is so addicted to where do I, where, you know, I'm unhappy, but at least I'm not as unhappy as this person or man, yeah. I'm so blessed and happy, but am I as blessed and happy as that person? And so it gets us in this, this perspective of FOMO where it's like, I need the newest thing. I have to yeah. have the newest thing, even though... I mean, let's, let's, let's realistically think about this. We are, speaking of America, America is a very wealthy place. Yeah. And what was funny to me, this, this probably would have been maybe three or four weeks ago, and uh, I was at church on a Sunday, and the pastor was talking about gratitude, and he was like, if you own a car, if you own a TV, if you own a, it was like a few just really basic things. Yeah. He said, you're in the top 1% of wealth in the world. Yeah, and Flat we out. complain, and we can, and we want, and we complain. And, and Black Friday's coming up, and and I know at least people in my town will be stampeding Walmart to get a sixty-five inch smart TV. Yeah, it, exactly. Because the fifty-five <laughs> inch that they bought last year on Black Friday <laughs> is not good enough. And and you know something, I'm glad. I am so glad yeah. you brought that up. Something that the Lord has been dealing with me about in my own walk is is being more grateful. Um, I, I changed mm. and I'm not, I'm not at all trying to say that I'm this super Christian or whatever. I am not, I am far from perfect, but what I have intentionally started doing every morning before I get out of bed is thanking the Lord for waking me up that morning mm. and give what I have. Because I mentioned my dad a little bit ago, um, how we lost my dad seven years ago was he, he, my dad and I worked together. He was covering one part of the territory in Northeast Ohio. I was covering the southern part of our territory in Boone, North Carolina. 
And uh, my dad had a pacemaker put in about six months before that. So my mom traveled with him um, to make sure everything was okay. She went to wake him up and he didn't wake up. And so every morning that I get to open my eyes is a blessing. Every morning that I get to put my feet on the floor, it's a blessing. My, my knees may hurt, my hip may hurt, but you know what? It's a blessing to me. And so in the last month or so, I've been really intentional before I get up in the mornings, before I even hit the floor, just thanking the Lord for another day to give me. And you're so right. I'm glad you brought that up. Man, we are just, we're so blessed in this country. Um, even the middle class, to your point, is far wealthier than than the average person in a third world country who just who would just be grateful for somebody to put some food on their table, man. And mm-hmm. we more than we could eat. So thank you for bringing that that perspective to the table because yeah. gratitude's something we're missing in our society. I think you're right, and I and and I and I don't think it's you know it, again it's perspective, right? I mean, I I don't think people are like necessarily like awful, (laughs) you know, awful people. It's just, it's just sometimes we don't realize how much we have. Like my wife, Joy and I, we were, I can't remember what we were complaining about, but it was something totally first world problems. And she paused and looked at me and said, wow, I can't believe we're complaining about this. And I, and I knew exactly what she meant because, you know, and obviously it's Thanksgiving season. So like gratitude's top of mind, but it's funny that you mentioned that because that's also something that I've been really working on. Because, and I've told the story a few times. So I was, I was working at this previous consulting firm and man, I got to tell you total dream job. I mean, like this yeah. is the job that you get. And yeah. I got it when I was, I, I, I guess I was maybe 27 or 28 years old. And I was like, wow, I got my dream job in my twenties. By got, the way, I'd love to go back to 27 or 28. <laughs> That was way in the rear view mirror for me. I'm going to be 50 in a couple of years. So, yeah, I would love to go, nothing more to go back. Sure, sure. But but please continue. Hey, you have, you have precious wisdom though (laughs) that I don't have. And so I need you though. So, yeah. But, um, so anyway, this would have been maybe, uh, probably about four or five years ago. And I just remember being astonished by having this job and collectively with my wife, my wife's a business owner. We had this six figure salary. It's phenomenal. Loved it. Well, so I, I leave that job because I'm unhappy there, start my yeah. own business and salary just tanks. I mean, oh, it's yeah. totally just, just yeah. in the hole. Right. And I remember thinking, you know, what are we going to do? Like, this is so, and I, I, I became very almost depressed over, yeah. over our finances. So here's the, here's the crazy thing. I live on a near a college campus and we have this really awesome international community who's here. Yeah. So my wife had befriended this woman from China, her and her husband come over. They are hanging out with us at her house and they're just like, wow, this house is amazing. Oh my gosh, this house is incredible. And it's, yeah. it's, it's a starter home. It's, yeah. it's <laughs> trust me, it's, it's a, it's just a basic starter house. Well, so we go out to the back porch and this is during the summertime this last summer. And the husband's telling me about in China, they have these things called pods, which are literally, imagine a bunk bed with like a, like a bread box, like uh, aluminum pull down that like closes up that little pod. And he said, this is where people come home from work and they sleep. And it's this tiny little compartment. So they've got tiny houses before. I mean, (laughs) in America, you know, it's. Yeah, yeah cheap thing to have a tiny well house you know and, for us <laughs> yeah for us the tiny yeah. houses we're real proud and it's cute and great theirs yeah. are just sad i mean it's, it's yeah 
it's, it's, it's no way for anyone to live. But he's explaining to me in China, you know, there's not, people don't own property like they do here. And it's yeah. a dream for people to come to America and own property. Well, so what's, what's funny about this is at this point in my life, I, we didn't have a lot of money. I hadn't put any time on like the yard, anything like that. So everything's grown over. I didn't mow it at all during the summertime. I mean, the grass is like a foot tall. I have this little shed that's like falling apart. I mean, it looks terrible. It looks awful. Are you sure you don't live in West Virginia? I mean, that's, that's, that's so, that's so hillbilly. Hey, hey, well, we, we are in Arkansas, which is, you know, about the same. Yeah, so. you are our first cousins. You know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> don't marry us, right? Yeah, exactly. Well, so I'm, he's, we're talking and then he just pauses and he looks over my backyard and I'm embarrassed. I'm like, man, I'm sorry. This place looks so rough. He looks over the backyard and he goes, wow, I've worked my whole life to have this. Mm. And I remember thinking, are you nuts? So powerful. This is awful. It? But it, it, I, I have in the last five years, I've never felt more guilty than that moment because I realized I am so wealthy, even though I don't feel it in my pocketbook, yeah. but it's, it's that perspective of gratitude and being, mm. you know, and being grateful and, and starting your morning off, not, you know, picking up the phone and like comparing yourself to people on social media, but instead remembering, wow, even though things may not be perfect, I am so blessed, especially in ways that I may not even recognize. You know, and, and it's so funny you say that. I'm, I'm, thank you for sharing that, that story. It's a, it's a reminder to me, and it, it should be a reminder to those that will listen to this podcast, just how blessed we are in this country. And it, it reminds me of, I have been, I don't like the word passion. Okay, I'm, I'm going to take our conversation a little bit in a different direction. I don't like the word passion because there are a lot of mornings, Blake, that I don't want to get out of bed because I don't feel good or I don't, you know, I've, I haven't slept well or things like that. But purpose gets me out of bed every morning. Purpose will carry me when things are not going well, when I don't feel like that uh, I'm seeing the results that I want to see, you know, and, and to your point, you were looking around and you said, well, I haven't done this. I haven't taken care of the yard. The grass needs cut, things like that. To the, to the person that visited your home, though, their per they saw a different purpose, right? They saw a different purpose there. Like, oh my goodness, if I work hard here in this country and I do some things correctly in this country, then I'll have what Blake and Joy have. I'll have what they have. And sometimes our purpose gets skewed. You talked about going off of social media. Sometimes our, you know, we think our purpose is that we exist just to have, you know, to say, well, look where I went on vacation, to post pictures on Facebook of where I went on vacation or to tweet about something or things like that. When really our purpose in life as men, right, is to lead our families. God has called us to lead our families as men, as, as the priests of our home, and to be helpmates to our wives and, and to lead our children. I have a 19-year-old son, and, and my purpose as his father is to help prepare him to, to marry a woman and, and to have a family and things like that. And so I think a lot of times we think our purpose is just to get from point A to point B and get a job done and do this and that. But maybe our purpose is to, to pour into somebody else's life like you poured into that 
that couple that stood there because now maybe you gave them some hope to say, oh my goodness, this is why we came to the United States. This is why we left our home in China to come here for a greater purpose so that we could enjoy some of these things that maybe we didn't, as you talked about with the, the, the sleeping arrangements with the pods. Maybe purpose is, is a little out of balance and we don't understand that maybe our purpose is not just to accumulate wealth so we can have the, you know, go out and buy the, the iPhone 11 or whatever iPhone series it is. Maybe our purpose is just to say, I want to add some value to you today. I want to, I want to share with you, you know what, Blake, you're important to me. Hmm. You know, conversation we're having is important to me. Maybe that's my purpose for today is, is sharing something with someone else that helps them. Hmm. Purpose. It, it feels like, and I, I see this with many of my, I don't know, trying to navigate this the right way. I see it with younger people in general, but this question of why do I exist? And it's amazing how many times I've asked a question like that and the mm-hmm. person, I mean, their eyes get big and it's, it's, I, I don't know. <laughs> yeah. And it's kind of, it's, it's part sad, but it's, it's, it's an identity problem of, because if you don't, if you don't have the answer to that central question of why yeah. am I alive today? then we do just fall into what's natural, which is, you know, I guess, I guess I exist to accumulate wealth. I guess I exist to build up my name or my personal brand. And it's almost like we miss, we miss the opportunity of impact. Yeah. You compare that to someone who is really clear on their identity. They're really clear on why they're alive today. And, and I, it feels like those outcomes between those two people are very different. I've been curious, and I don't know if you have an insight here, on how do you help someone gain that clarity on, oh, this, this is why I matter. This is why I exist. Any advice there? Yeah, I think you have to be tested by life. I, I think you have to <clears throat> something hard to understand sometimes the, the why behind it. So I'll share something very personal with you. A couple years ago, I was displaced from a position great paying position, but the circumstances around it were very unfortunate. And I, I, man, my world was, was rocked. Like, okay, God, why, why me? And what I, what I did was I, I just poured myself into prayer and, and just trying to do things because I felt like a failure. And now that I look back on that situation, God had a specific purpose in mind for that that I didn't see at the time, but he had to use that situation, Blake, to put me in a position that I'm in today. And, and that's when I became to be intentional about LinkedIn and connecting with people. And that's really when my network grew on LinkedIn was out of that time of great pain. So I guess the insight that I would share with people is this. If, if life is good and life is great and you've not had anything that rocks your world, hold on, it's coming comes to all of us. And so what I would tell people is I would say, understand what your purpose is now. Start developing some habits consistently, even if you're not a spiritual person, even if you don't have a walk with the Lord, start developing some consistent habits that you can fall back on when life hits you between the eyes, because life will hit you between the eyes. And if you start developing some consistent things now, 
then you'll get through those times. Blake, I want to jump back just for a minute to, to something, and I, I can't get away from this thought, but something that you were, we were talking about with purpose and why you exist and, and, and bringing that to business, okay? And you consult with folks and, and things like that. Do you think that a lot of businesses don't know why they exist? Absolutely. Do you wonder, do you wonder sometimes because you, you and I have experiences with businesses as consumers or maybe we work in some companies it's like why do we why does this company exist and and, and something I want to lay out for folks and, and bring it back to a business perspective some practical business advice wake up every morning and know why you exist whether you're a salesperson whether you're a data analyst whether you're a customer service representative wake up every morning and know why you exist and what your purpose is for that day. If your purpose is to help other people get what they want, which is what Zig Ziglar said, you can have anything in life and want that you want if you'll just help enough people get what they want. But you better know why you exist. I know in my role, I know why I exist. I exist to help patients have healthier outcomes. That's my role in my job. You have a, you have a similar why you exist. But I tell you something, we have a lot of people that don't understand and they wake up every morning and they just go punch a clock or they just go do this and that. They don't know why they exist. Mm. I don't know when you get out of bed every morning why you exist, personally and professionally. Mm -hmm. and, and be proactive if, if yeah. those circumstances don't match what you envision for your existence or your purpose. You know, I, I think what's important is for people... I think sometimes people wait for those doors to open to put them in the place that they want to be. And I think sometimes I kind of, env I envision like a really big like oak door and I envision like, you know, fitting your fingers into like the crack of like the door frame and like really like peeling that door open so you can walk through it. Right. And I think, I think sometimes the best advice people can hear is if your circumstances aren't what you want them to be, change them, you know, and put well, yourself in that position. Yeah, well, here's the thing. I'm I'm a big time sports fan, so you know, and I and I and I love football, pro and college. Now, even though you're a Bengals fan, <laughs> even though I'm a a diehard Cincinnati Bengals <laughs> fan, so so let me share something with you about their season. You know, they had trouble this year at times, even though they had a great running back in Joe Mixon, fantastic running back, but they could not run the ball to save their life. And now all of a sudden they've made some adjustments because they were committed. They knew they had to run the ball to be successful. And sometimes to your point about that oak door, sometimes you just got to keep pressing and persevering because it's the right thing to do. You have to do it. Sometimes in life, life forces us to just keep, as the, as the Bible tells us, to keep asking, to keep seeking, to keep knocking. Because one, it develops consistency in us, and two, it develops discipline and diligence, but thirdly, it develops perseverance. Because Again, life is going to, if it hasn't hit you between the eyes yet, it will. It, it, it's coming. If it came to Job, the most righteous man in the Bible, if it came to Job's front door, it's going to come to you and I. Because the Bible tells us that God is no respecter of persons. And if, and if it came to the most, arguably, the most righteous man in the scriptures, it's going to come to you and I. So to your point, and I love that analogy you made there, 
with that. Sometimes if we can just get our fingers inside that door, man, that, that oak door may weigh a couple hundred pounds, but we just, if we can just get a, it, just get a hold on it, we're going to push that thing open or pull it open because if we just stay at it and, and keep working at it, it it's going to happen. And it feels like timing, just recognizing there's a timing to everything, right? I mean, I remember, yeah. so I'm going to be 32 in a couple of weeks. I remember 10 or 12 years ago, all I wanted was to, to find my wife and get married. I was like, I'm going to yeah. get married. You know, I, marriage just seems like this amazing thing. Uh, and, and I didn't meet joy until I, I guess maybe I was like 26 or 27. Yep. And I remember now in hindsight, how grateful I am that I didn't get married earlier because I would have ruined it. <laughs> you know, I would have told Yeah. Him. So when I was 32, I had a four-year-old son. So yeah. it's now 19. So life, yeah. life will, you know, you're right about timing and, 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 and that's the thing. And, Something I want to something I want to share with folks is this: is that you may think the timing is off when the timing is perfect. Because something I had to learn, and again, I'm coming at this from a Christian perspective, and and again, you may not be a Christian. That's fine. But my point is this: is that sometimes there is a well, one there is a creator. There is a God of the universe, and he's in control of everything. And the timing may be off for you, but it's not off for him because, because God never makes a mistake. And so you may think, well, the, the, the timing's just not right, when in actuality, you're in exactly the right timing that you're supposed to be in mm-hmm. for the reason of your life. Mm. It's great advice, powerful advice. I hate to say we're out of time. I feel like we just... <laughs> We just started talking. Well, that was like, my fault. I, I had trouble <laughs> connecting. You know, I, we, we live in West Virginia here where, where the internet service is spot. Sure. Let me leave something with your audience real sure. quick. Um, here's the thing that I would, that I would leave you if, 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 and I'll tell you this, if today were the last day on earth and this was the last recorded thing that I did, here's, here would be what I would say to you is to be purposeful. Number one, be purposeful in everything that you do. Number two, when you see people and you talk to people, make eye contact with them. You never know how valuable that eye contact is with people. And just, it's a window into their, just letting them know that you care. And number three, I would say this, is that, you know, be purposeful, make eye contact. And the third thing that I would say is be nice. It, it never hurts to be nice. Smile, be nice, be kind, be genuine, be authentic. Those are things that our society is missing today. And if, if you're purposeful and you make eye contact and you're nice, you can, you can go a long way in our, in our world, in our society, because people are looking for people who are kind. They're nice. They're authentic. They're genuine. And, and, and let me add a fourth one. Always be thankful. And so, Blake, I thank you for your time today. And I thank you for the conversation. I have so enjoyed it. And um, I just want to wish everybody in your audience a happy Thanksgiving. And, and uh, 
man, I, I can't thank you enough for this time. It's been, it's been awesome. I've enjoyed this conversation. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, and for the audience, thanks so much for listening. Absolutely give Brian Sexton a follow on LinkedIn. Check out his book, People Buy From People. Brian, whenever that goes live, let me know and I'll, I'll come back and I'll edit it into this podcast in the uh, descriptions so that you'll have that link. Yeah, we're, we're coming down the home stretch. It's, 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 it's gets, it gets harder and harder to write when you, when you work full time. And, and sure. uh, I have... Uh, I have uh, PA responsibilities at my son's old high school that I, that I'm doing. I've committed it for another season of basketball, so you know I'm trying to finish that. But it, we're coming down the home stretch. I, I promise you, I will let folks know when when the book's ready to go. Wonderful, wonderful. And uh, we'll have to have you on again because I need a. You know, we didn't even get into the story of you and professionally what you know what where you see yourself going and and really um you know what that whole story from a business perspective. So we'll have to have Any, you on again. Anytime. I, I am fastly, fastly becoming a Blake Benz fan. And so thank oh. <laughs> thanks. And, uh, anytime, I, I'm more than happy to have conversation with you, Blake. Thank you so much for asking me to be a part of your podcast. Of course. Uh, for the listeners, if you like the episode, be sure you like and subscribe. Tell friends about it. Uh, let me know what you thought. Blake at goodadvicecoaching.com. Have a happy Thanksgiving and we'll see you later.